Hi, James. Are you hey. on? Hey, I'm I'm here. Hey. <laughs> How are hey, you Gabby. feeling? What's the vibe? The vibe is um, the vibe is renewal. The vibe is rebirth. The vibe is Pilates. <laughs> Ooh, I feel um, the rebirth vibes. Yeah, Maureen. You've been doing at, Pilates at home. No, well, so I've been doing Pilates at home. I've been doing Pilates at home for a couple, a couple months, I guess. And I found this really good YouTube girl. Um, But then I started going back to class, aka I've been to two classes, and it's truly. Wait, what's the name of the YouTube girl? I will put it in the notes because I do not remember her name. She's like Australian. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I want to call her Kayla, but that's wrong. (laughs) Kayla. Kayla, the Pilates instructor. So now you're going to in-person studio I'm vibes. going in-person, yeah. And, and it's so fucking hard. It's so great. It's so hard. Um, and I'm such a class girl. Like, I'm such an in-person class girl. And I haven't been able to access that part of myself for so long. Um, so it does feel like I'm literally being reborn. And um, it's so fucking nice. And hard. It's so hard. I'm, my legs are shaking, mm-hmm. like the girls coming over and being like, could you shift your weight a little bit more to the center? And I'm like, no, Maureen, because I'm going to fall, you know, and I love that. <laughs> I love being challenged. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you went so hard in yoga. I would actually, I wouldn't be surprised if the new era is like Pilates. Yeah. Yoga, like. I love, I love yoga. I still love yoga. But... <laughs> You're like an expert. Yeah, we would be in class together, and like <laughs> you, you could always do the most extreme version of the pose. You know, like they'd be like, "Hey guys, like if you want to do a handstand," and everyone's like, "Uh," oh, <laughs> and like there's James, just like <laughs> I was okay. Cool. I was okay. I was learning. Um, but it was um, yoga has been something my parents did when I was growing up, and then mm-hmm. so it was such a part of my life. But yeah, it's um. Pilates is different and but it it has the same focus on like the minute moments like the tiny little muscle Mm. movements you can do and I I love that shit because you're shaking and you're like well I'm just moving one tiny thing my mom used to work at a Pilates studio and she always is like she's like so like Pilates pilled but she's always like you could Mm -hmm. change your entire body type with Pilates like it's the only it's the only thing where you can just like literally like get a new bod because she worked there and just would watch people transform <laughs> yeah yeah they're very like, into posture in it's like yeah it's all about posture and and yoga is like that but the thing with yoga is you're literally throwing yourself into these different poses and I like after I got like the teacher certification I saw all the ways people were injuring themselves slowly over time because mm. the teacher just can't get to every single person and they're fucking up their knees, mm. they're fucking up their arm, their arm, uh, their shoulder blades. It's like, it's hard to watch, but Pilates is way harder to hurt yourself because you're just doing these small, tiny things and the, the classes are just smaller by design because you have to be mm. on these reformers, these like huge machines. I don't know, there's just something to it. Although, <laughs> the you know. Machines are crazy. <laughs> machines are crazy, they're crazy. They feel so dangerous, yeah. but they're not. They just have that risk factor. So yeah, it's great. I'm happy to be back in it and I love just feeling like so challenged physically it's really like the Aries yeah. part of me needs that so much like I can't challenge myself as much as other so people too. can yeah the fire yeah you have a strong you have a very strong physical energy and you always have yeah um yeah and when you like put your put your vision to something it's very beautiful to watch <laughs> yeah it's so annoying 
how helpful exercise is. Like it annoys me. Like I, I always know. feel like I'm in a I'm in a, in like this affair with like exercise where I'm like, I love it, you do so much for me and then I get pissed that it does. Like I'm like Yes. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, You're perfect and then I'm like I get mad. It doesn't make any sense. No, I feel I'm that. Just like, why? <laughs> why is this, you know? I also like right feel now like... I'm in my pissed off phase. I like didn't work out and I ate a bagel and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I get it. You're always there. I know you're always there. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's so, I love uh, the affair analogy. That's very true. Also when I exercise, I don't want as much <laughs> sugar, which is like weird because I love I it. And, and so I'm just like standing there, like feeling like a pirate from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, why doesn't this want to make me feel anything? You know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's no, exercise you know is so Travis, good. Travis from the yoga, from power yoga, (laughs) used to always say, and it stuck with me, and I think about it all the time, is he would say, like, he was like, good job, he was like, you made your way to yoga, you got in your car, you drove all the way over here, and he was like, the thing about that is, he was like, one good choice leads to another, and he was like, and he basically implied that, like, the choice to do yoga, complete yoga, you're probably going to choose a better dinner that night, you're probably going to choose a better breakfast, you know what I mean? Like Totally. And it's so true, because, Yeah. And when you exercise, you're, it's like you're so, for me, I feel like it's almost too much clarity. Like I, like even with food, it's like I can't even like reach for like a shitty thing in a way that mm-hmm. I always can because like I'm so, like my body and I are like fucking homies and like, you know, yeah. like I'm not, it's really crazy. It's so great. <laughs> I love it so, so much. Good. Yeah. I want to become like, we get really back into being like exerciseaholic because I was at, at one point. Like, I do too. I it do was too. so great. Um, and just everything in your life improves. Like my neuroses fade away. My, mm-hmm. my libido increases, uh, ladies. Um, my <laughs> ladies. Um, you hear ladies. that? <laughs> More like I think the men need to hear it. Hear that men. Hear that Maybe they're the opposite ma'ams. when they, I don't know. <laughs> they I work think... too much. They can't. Oh, that's interesting. They need to chill. Well, we that's were sort of. Well, it depends on what kind of job you have as a man, I think, also. Like, if you are an office worker, I think you probably need to work out because you're just, you know, sedative and that's also sitting there. Exercise in the name of choice, in, like, your own choice is really different than, like, manual labor that you didn't choose. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. (laughs) When I worked in restaurants and stuff, it was so hard to, like get myself to work out because I was so tired from working for someone else and my body would be so fucking run mm-hmm. down and it was a terrible feeling being like I'm ex- my energy has been expended but I haven't gained anything yeah <laughs> totally totally that is a terrible feeling you're right yeah. yeah yeah to expend energy into a void yeah it's true but anyway how's your vibe what's yeah. what's your vibe reading um, when you said rebirth, I really like that because that's like a positive spin on how I mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. which is a death. No, <laughs> I just feel sort of, I don't know. I just feel very, I don't know. Like I feel good. I feel stable. Yeah. I feel a bit sabot- self-sabotage, which also I think is in line with the, um, be like the past couple days being like, I'm going to eat a bagel and not work out. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, being like, I have this thing where I'm like, exercise is always there when I need it. And then I'm confused why, like, I didn't have a good week. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's always, but I always, you know, it's like the, the whole yeah. thing is you always need it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of being a bit self sabotage I'm not on my shit as much. But I will say everyone around me got COVID and I didn't, which made Crazy. me feel really good. Yeah. 
<laughs> really grateful. Um, but yeah, everyone around me, the boyfriend had COVID. I was kissing him, sharing drinks with him while. Um, Wait, him you were hanging out with and... Anthony Fauci? Just kidding. I <laughs> got COVID. Yeah, it's my Fauci's my boyfriend. Yeah, he got COVID. Everyone was like making a big deal. <laughs> the big like, reveal well, is Gabby's been dating Fauci for the past year. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't take the, it's the like, power couple. I had inside info. <laughs> the power couple we didn't know we He's needed. <laughs> He's adorable. I think living with him would be like living with a cute cartoon character. Um. Definitely, yeah. Also, isn't it funny how quickly Fauci became, like, a character for people to, like... Like, he so quickly became either people's, like, savior or, oh like, my God. they hated him. Like, it happened so fast. Like, he became, yeah. like, the face of COVID and, like, just such a classic... Truly, like, classic a Jesus movie. figure, if you will. <laughs> it's speaking of our next topic. <laughs> yeah, which we will get into. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, um, I just want to throw out there that I do yeah, know a couple that uh, got a dog I don't know what kind of dog and they lived in New York during the major lockdowns and they got a dog during COVID and they Mm -hmm. named it Fauci which is wild so I just want to say that I do know people okay that is psychotic (laughs) that's like next level I know it's also like didn't he have like a fall from grace like I remember like he was everyone was like he was like the voice of reason and he was always kind of saying things that were super super like in the direction of like safety and then like later he was like uh the rules have changed like go back to work and like mm. uh go back to work after three days and everyone was like capitalism is back right literally <laughs> and then he sort of had a fall from grace of like not being like because i think people positioned him as like the scientist like the the reasonable scientist um and then yeah he, said he was also was the political kind of he was also the um not the not the foil but he was like the contrast to donald trump's in sort of you know insanity with covid you <laughs> know? absolutely yeah and everyone was like yeah, even God. like physically like like how she looked like a little like studious man yeah <laughs> really good um really good character good casting on the part of the universe <laughs> <laughs> great casting actually. yeah that's the word incredible casting i do um, think about how we've all been cast in some way in our roles by by this oh, hand God. and you know you and i we were cast and and i was you know chris was cast and we cast and people parents. in roles I oh mean, all the time think of the ways you know when we have issues with people in our lives or anything it's like it really comes down to like i mean how do you tell a story without roles right mm-hmm. can you um you know it'd be hard it'd be really hard like even if you think you're not like there's always like that's just language yeah. <laughs> in some ways. Truly, yeah. Uh, um, and also, we cast ourselves in roles. Everyone. That's what's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but do you think I, it just clicked for me now that the constant fighting over the narrative that we witness in life mm-hmm. all the time, interpersonally and societally, is just like if everyone agreed on the roles, life would be easier. Oh, but totally. But nobody's ever going to. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. I was listening to some so maybe, another podcast and they described um, mm-hmm. Beyonce as one of the last monocultures. And I thought that was such an incredible revelation because absolutely, we are we are without monoculture and Beyonce, like, break my soul, was one of the last times we'll probably experience, like, true 
uh, worldwide excitement over the same thing, you know, for the same reason. Really? I guess. Well, can you, I mean, like, literally, like, I'm trying to think of something else. Like, just her being, like, the biggest pop star. The biggest pop star making, like, dropping, like, a huge song that is so relatable to everybody. Yeah. You know, it's like, we all, we all, you know, we all need this. We all need this one. Yeah, I can't really think of that. It's, you, you can't even be like... I'm just thinking, like, who else? You can't even think, like, Britney is monoculture because people, like, have different opinions about the way that she's lived her life depending on whatever, whatever they think. And, like... Yeah, Beyonce was very... Yeah, that's true. She was very, like, airtight in the sense that, yeah, she wasn't polarizing. Yeah. That's very true. And you know what she's had the to world, do is she's yeah, had to remove herself in every way from the world and present herself in a very fixed role like she doesn't go out in public <laughs> you know you never see oh, her I know I know yeah yeah she's not yeah she's not like a celebrity with a personal life and when we do hear about her personal life it's so tiny yeah really the only thing I think of now is like her like cheating album and like mm-hmm. <laughs> her kids Lemonade, that's kind of yeah. all that's been publicized which also was a kind of a weird I think that was a weird experience for people for like Beyonce followers because she was mm-hmm. yeah she was kind of like hidden away and then would come out with great music and it was always like epic and then when you found out that there was like marital troubles and like kids and like shocking everyone was kind of like oh no like (laughs) I'm not used to like (laughs) facing my mama yeah 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 I'm not used to thinking about her reality (laughs) I know she's lemonade was beautiful do you remember watching lemonade in the Venice apartment on like a projector screen that was incredible absolutely yeah we we made a whole moment for it yeah. I will never. My favorite was, what was it? Drunken Love album. What was that? What oh, Yonsei. Yonsei. I, I don't think that was the album name. I think that was like the, right? No, it definitely was. Definitely was. Oh. Well, that, okay, yeah, that. that was one of my favorite times in the history of the world. <laughs> like, that I mean, was just I'll such a up. good summer. Drunken We're going to talk I don't about that, be wrong. too. I don't want to be wrong about this That was one. like the summer... <laughs> That came out when I left my first boyfriend and then got a new one that was way more fun. <laughs> and that album was out and, like, Drunken Love was, like, blasting. And it was just yeah. such a good time. It was so good. Oh, okay, so it's um, it was a single from Beyonce, which I guess on the cover was called Beyonce. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess that one was just called Beyonce. But I remember Beyonce was a really great song. Yeah, I have that on my um, my lineup. That was a beautiful album. That was, like, she was, you know... But that's what's hard with, with artists is, like, you get the Beyoncé album and Drunk in Love and the video of, like, her and Jay-Z, and then you have to see... Was it Lemonade was the one where it was, like, those cheating mm-hmm. themes and, like, Jealous, and then you have to see that, and you're just like, ugh, why? <laughs> I know. You know, but it's relatable because we all go through it, but it's so sad, too. Like, it's amazing. Like, that's what art should do, but it just... You know, and I've been listening to Lana Del Rey a lot, and, like, she has those themes, too, where, like, you'll hear about something in one album, and then the next album, there's, like, more to the story. Right. And you're just like, ugh, you know? Like, that's the yeah. thing I think true artists, like, I would say Beyonce is, um, and Lana Del Rey, too, is, like, they really are, like, sharing stories. Like, they truly are storytelling. And oh, absolutely. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> I think... It's um, deeply heartbreaking. Lemonade was such a was an album for me that it didn't make me super sad because I was like 
I could tell that they had made the choice to get through it. But I felt like it was such mm-hmm. an empowering message for, especially women at that time. It came out in 2016. And it was just sort of like, you can get through mm-hmm. something and you can absolutely make one of the best albums of your career from it. You can make the yeah, best thing from it. Absolutely. And I just, oh, it makes me, it tear, I'm like tearing up thinking about it because <laughs> you, you often think like, oh, okay, like someone cheated on me. At the time I was going through like a bad, a difficult, like, um, romantic thing and I, I felt like I wasn't going to make mm. it through but seeing someone who is you know not only getting through it but really alchemizing it I felt like it was just so powerful and so beautiful I mm. I, I, I really didn't feel sad by that album I, I felt like fuck yeah like if anyone's going to cheat on me like we're going to yeah, yeah. blow it out of the water <laughs> no that's that's really cool yeah yeah. I, I want to revisit that album it's like yeah, it should go down in history as, like, love processing yeah. expertise. <laughs> I know. Hold uh, up with the yeah. baseball bat is so good, that that video. And then the one where she dives under, she recites that, that poem while she's, like, diving under the water of, like, a, a mm. flooding house. Oh, chills. Yeah. Chills. Okay, I remember actually watching that with you, and I remember that one mm-hmm. hitting you. Like, I do remember that yeah. one being... Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There really is nothing like music. I know. Yeah. I literally, you know, it's funny. I wrote that in my, I was really high and I was in the car and I wrote like, I, ugh, I can look at it now. It's like, in yeah, my look notes it up. App. And I, cause I've been upset. I'm making memes again, mm-hmm. but I'll just like, if I'm high and like, I think of things, I'll put them in my notes app in case I can meme them later. And then what did I write? I wrote like, what was it? Oh my God. Did I not? Maybe I deleted it because I thought it was dumb. But it was literally just, like, thank God for music or, like, something so simple. And I wanted to, like, find a way to, like, meme it in a way that was, like, aware of itself. Like, aware of, like, how simple and, like, obvious that is. But also, like, facts, you know? Yeah. Um, It is facts. It's pretty funny. But, yeah, music is everything. I mean, I think music is most in line with energy, I would say. Oh, totally. Because it can be... You want to know what is, like with reading like I think of like poetry to me is in line with energy but poetry requires focus and attention like you can't absorb poetry just by being next to it whereas like music it's like you can passively have it or you can like actively like it's your choice how much you want to engage with like a tune (laughs) yeah and that's very 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 in line with like god (laughs) and energy and energy yeah energy like energy uh awareness or whatever you know just that process well, also, you Nothing think about, like, like it. poetry requires a certain amount of literally, like, reading comprehension and also um, <laughs> yes, a grasp yeah, on true. language. But someone like Rosalia, yeah. like, we don't know what she's saying. Maybe we catch a couple words if we're, if we're lucky. But it's we fucking know what she's saying when she's singing hentai. Like, that song's totally, so crazy. Absolutely. And you know. You just know. And it's, like, yeah, it's, it's it mm-hmm. really is. Music really does the thing that I want to do forever which is transcend language because language is an ultimately ultimately a a barrier unfortunately I I mean I really when used correctly it can be the biggest tool but I think also it can really just be a barrier because how are we supposed to really Mm -hmm. express what we're feeling it's enough to like process what you're feeling to then put it into words Uh, for me specifically can be hard I think some people don't struggle with that as much Mm. but but you can really miss 
miss the intricacies. But music is like you can feel so much and not know what the words are. And there's room for so many different interpretations, you know, like literature, mm-hmm. it's like it's usually about one thing. Poetry, there's a little, little bit more room for different people to like get interpretations, but words are just so grounded in like certain realities that there's not as much. Yeah. But with music, it's like you can literally have song uh, with like lyrics clearly about heartbreak and like feel redemption from it like even you and me talking about lemonade or it's like at the time for me it was like sad and I saw it as a moment of defeat and like for you it was a moment of like uh like resurrection and like reusing bro yeah Yeah, like (laughs) repurposing a bad feeling and like it felt energizing to you you know and it's like that can shift at different times totally and that's what's so great yeah such is life it's true <sighs> it's just wild how non-literal and like things all good things feel <laughs> I don't know yeah Very yeah non-intellectual uh, it's like a lot sometimes I know <laughs> yeah um, you can't really explain a good feeling you can't yeah you can't you can just which is funny it. because you can really explain a bad feeling a lot of times but but a good feeling is much harder to encapsulate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, do you think in part it's because of sort of almost like a cultural, it's almost like, it's like bad manners to kind of, like people have more, are more triggered by like someone explaining how great they feel or how great something mm-hmm. is and someone, exp- ex- you know, yeah. I almost feel like it's like it feels like a big societal norms. It just feels so energized. <laughs> like let's say like if someone walks into a room of people sitting around and they go like, "Oh my god, you guys, I just had the best experience." It's like unless yeah. it's a room of people who like practice like gratitude, <laughs> like everyone's going to not know what to do with that person. You know, but then if someone yeah. comes in, they're just like, "I just witnessed a terrible car crash." Like everybody kind of knows what to do. Yeah. It's, it's also very like, like I think when yeah. It's very lizard brain where like we all have had to survive and have that primalness of like, oh my God, there was a car crash. Like, should we learn about what that was like so that we can avoid it? And we know... Yeah, boom, connected. Yeah, yeah. We know how to learn about fear and pain because we need to survive. But you could arguably never be happy and also survive, <laughs> which is like absolutely so bizarre. <laughs> but also, there's also that feeling which could point to survival, like that when someone has something really great that happens, I think some people's first instinct is like oh some of the goodness was taken away from my pie you know like that's the first instinct I wonder if that goes down to like survival points where it's like oh that person is celebrating because they got like the best part of the animal so now yeah no yeah 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 (laughs) that person had a good day and there's only a few good days to go around (laughs) possibly yeah Absolutely. She found the berries and I didn't get to the bush in time. And then she took all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know what, Gabby? I really want to tell you about a new product that we just got sent to us. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about it with you. Oh, yeah. I'm all ears. It's a um, pop-up cave. 
And it's so interesting because it's not pocket size necessarily. You do sort of need a, a large car to sort of carry it around. But when you do find that car and you find that open space, you sort of haul this um, giant pod out and, and then you press a little button and this cave pops up in front of you and you're absolutely able to just crawl right in. Oh, wow. I, I would imagine this would be really good for the, uh, the mental health. Absolutely, absolutely. And for children as well. <laughs> children, children and mental health. Those are the two leading causes of stuff. Of many things, absolutely. And I, I actually used it the other day. Um, it was not a two-person job. I just brought Chris, and I would, I would suggest bringing a couple other people because uh, I almost threw my back out. But this pop-up cave, when you do get it going, you can go in, you can hear the tinkle of... of false waterfalls and there's stalagmites and slagtites. <laughs> you know what that says to me, James, about it needing hmm. more than two people? I think that another great thing about the pop-up cave is that it uh, it asks for community. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it inspires, you know, in, in giving you a product that, you know, it's hard, impossible alone, doable with two people. Uh-huh. You know, you uh-huh. need a crowd to get that thing together. And uh, another great sentiment of the, the pop-up uh Pop-up cave. Get get your friends together. Keep them close. Keep your friends close and your caves closer. That's what I always say. (laughs) Yes, wonderful. Thank you, James. The the great thing about having this podcast is that we just get to discover these things. You know, these that we get. Oh yeah. We get to discover these things and share them with you. I love when we have a product sent to us and we get to share them. So um, thank you so much. And check (laughs) the the show notes for our um, promo code for pop-up cave. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was good thank you that was an ad break everybody that you you know for the non-patrons <laughs> so we have a patreon yeah, this only happens in our free episodes yeah so um handle that yeah and talk about blood done with that um <laughs> <laughs> all in a day's work um, um yeah let's talk about god a little bit let's <laughs> Take a a left turn. Um, So in our last episode, we were talking about this kind of lean into Christianity, um, which I want to kind of share my background on that, which is I think that if you have a pull to be religious, Christianity is the the easiest one because there's churches everywhere. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere, but there's two churches walking distance that are so cool. Wow. And so when I saw kind of more... um, like church memes, church aesthetics, the whole like red scare thing. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe it could be nice. Right. And, but here's the thing is like, I don't know. just got to look into these things. <laughs> Can't just take the, the vibe bait you guys, which is what we talked about, that it's a vibe. right? Yeah. So if the vibe starts pulling you in, it's like do some research. Um, but it's so easy, I think, to want to get into Christianity just because it's literally right there. There's walking distance to me. There's two churches that are empty right now that I could walk into and, like, commune with a cross on a wall. Um, right. The other thing was that this is interesting and a first for me where I never had the urge to say I love God, like, never used the word God. Mm-hmm. But it started happening um, last year when I came here to this island and during the very first trip here. And it was my first time, I think, in really dense nature, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, like, a fully lucid person, because I think the last time I was in dense nature, I was maybe, like, seven Yeah. Um, in Brazil, but, like, true dense nature. Like, I'm talking, like, not, like, a national park where there's, like, 
a trail, you know, like true, like, I don't know where I am, nobody's here type stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and so for the first time when I was like, I remember I was on this like secret, secret trail up to a waterfall and I was with this guy and I just was like the whole trip. I just was like, I love God. I love God. I love God. I love God. Like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and it was like, it felt like this, like <laughs> this like bubble in my like throat. And it was like, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was allowed to say it. And I was like, just mean I'm like Christian. And, and then I remember saying to him, like, we had just swam in this, like, ice-cold waterfall in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, it's times like these where I was like, I just want to say I love God, and I was like, I don't know why, but it's like, mm-hmm. I just want to say it, and um, I will say a really trippy synchronicity that happened in that moment was I was, like, putting my shoes on, and I was like, I love God, whatever, and then I turned, and, like, he was wearing board shorts from the brand Deus Ex Machina. Oh, wow. So on his shorts, it said Deus, D-E-U-S, which yeah. is God in Portuguese. And my grandpa in Brazil would say vai con Deus whenever you leave, which means go with God. That's his, like, parting thing. Yeah. So, like, in that moment, like, I'm having this weird week where I'm like, I love God, I love God. Yeah. And I finally say it out loud, right? And then I turn and there's, like, the Portuguese spelling. And Crazy. It's also a brand, but, you know, like, the only place where but it can be But it's also, like, a Venice brand. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, like, a... It's a motorcycle brand, but they're... I think they're from Australia. And it's the... They're a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then they turned into kind of, like, a merch brand because they had, like, a cool Then vibe. why do they have a store in Venice? <laughs> <laughs> Our next ad called Store Locator. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a store locator. That's all it so is. So you don't look dumb in front of your friends. <laughs> store locator with uh, fun facts on the history uh no but it's yeah it was a motorcycle thing but in venice it's like a cafe and like like a like a clothing store because they're not just mm-hmm. kind of like a vibe for like cool people yeah because that's all you need to do in venice yeah yeah you just have to be like hey like there's some history here um yeah so that was just kind of magical yeah. in that moment of just being like oh and then i saw deus but so i say that and then the guy goes should I be worried? <laughs> and then he like tells me this, <laughs> this story of how he was on the beach out here and a girl came up to him that was like cute. And like, he thought she was flirting with him, but then she was just like trying to convert him to Christianity and had like, um, pamphlets with her. Damn. And mm-hmm. I remember being like, that's not what I fucking mean. Like, but then at the same time also being like, yeah, I also had it in my head. But do I mean that? Yeah. yeah. Like I had it in my head too, that God is like, I love God and like God bumper stickers is like a very Christian thing and so he says that and I'm like I completely understand what you're saying but I also like man do I wish I could just say I love God without the Christian um, context and then I made I remember I made a post about on Instagram last year where I was like I just keep wanting to say God all the time and I've been working it in like you know I started Mm -hmm. saying things like I remember being on a date and being like I didn't know God made people like that anymore like they're like complaining about someone and it just was like fun for me but then I also would witness people's reaction to that where it was like they would look at me like Mm -hmm. Christian girl (laughs) like you know like they're like little like Mm-hmm, alerts mm-hmm. like a like if they were a robot you know those like robots that like scan an area and then they find their target that's what yeah. would happen in the conversation yeah <laughs> like it'd be like Rachelle eating steaks yeah. and I'm like yeah. boom like did she just say god and right I just but I also had the problem of like I don't know just really relating it to Christianity so when I saw people like converting and the memes and stuff, I was like, well, maybe that's kind of something in the air. Like maybe me feeling this urge for God is similar. And I just, 
it's crazy but fast forward me just being like i love god and like god is an energy and i've been going to that church a lot but not like but not in a christian way like just in an empty like holy place way and i was like i love god but like what do i mean by that um and so i think since then i've just been way more interested in everyone's definitions of god right what is your definition of god um so for me i I, like, went to church from an early age, like, four years old was when my mom, who was raised Jewish, converted to the, to Catholicism so she could... Her her big plan was, like, imparting a singular <clears throat> religion and community for mm-hmm. me because my dad was raised Catholic. And so she went... She literally did all the conversion classes. She got baptized. A month later, she got, she got very, very ill, like, after she got baptized, which was mm-hmm. wild. Um... And so we went to we went to church every Sunday for a really long time, and she would always like tell me, you know, you're not a sinner. Oh my God, the butterfly is just beating at the window. Hi. <laughs> um, she would always say, you're not a sinner, um, you know, because the Catholic Church is very into sin and very into the guilt of of it all. Um, but but the the God, you know, does really hang heavy with the the memories of the catholic church the memories of that time um and then my mom got really back into uh, catholicism right when i was like hitting like a sexual age in high school and so Mm -hmm. i had like a whole experience where i like told them that i had had sex and they completely shamed me for it and i held like guilt and shame for three years probably two or Mm -hmm. three years and it was really heavy and so it's all wrapped into this thing of like the after years of not going to church like she returned to church and i understand why she did it but she had gone through so many cycles of like different spirituality and she's not in that place anymore but i i've just seen so much of like the kind of rigidness that like surrounds the word god in the in the catholic religion um that being said i wear a mary necklace around my neck and have for years because like i deeply connect with that energy and like there's something there that I can't explain or can, but so I, I feel like for me, I don't necessarily resonate with that word as much. Um, sorry, my computer just shut down. My computer was like, we're done talking about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I feel like I don't resonate with that word as much, but I also like understand the power behind it. Um, like we, I was never allowed to say God, like, Oh God, or anything. Like Mm -hmm. I was never allowed to say that in, growing up like it was very uh specifically not out of bounds um but i do think the thing that has sort of reinvigorated my experience is the um the book uh nature man woman by alan watts because he talks about how nature is god and how um worshiping like in a church is kind of removes yourself from the experience of finding God in any other space. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like nature contains God in every space, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like I feel to me, I think like God is both. I feel like it's like a felt sensation. Like I think that's as close as we can get to it on earth is like God is a felt sensation. And maybe that sensation is, more felt in nature where there's like more space and like detachment from like barriers of 
symbols I almost feel like you know like symbols and language like yeah, are both like yeah. human inventions to kind of like direct energy and direct thought and nature is just nature you know what I mean and it's like a, you can say like oh this yeah. tree is so special and means something to me but at the end of the day it's still not really being channeled by like an institution you know like it's just there <laughs> and it's like God is felt mm-hmm. when you're just there you know I think the trouble with like institutionalizing God is it Again, it's the same thing with language. It's the same thing as, like, putting a language around something that is so limitless. But but the thing with nature is it's immediately transcendent. And so, to me, it's so um, beautifully obvious that you would have such a connection with God in in nature, like, being fully surrounded by what was, like, this experience of real, immersive nature. Um yeah, like the very first time after being in a city, having access to some of the most like beautiful and like gaudy like churches and synagogues and anything yeah. like, you know, <laughs> Scientology, <laughs> uh, and then literally never having the urge for that word until I was here, and like, yeah, in the middle of nothing really. Um, yeah, and. I will say, like, after sort of our conversation, I felt more compelled to, like, really hunt it down. (laughs) I -hmm. actually had a really interesting experience that I thought about yesterday where I have been walking to the church, like, frequently just in the past year Mm -hmm. because it's just a good distance and good empty place to sit in. And the other day, and I always try to find, like, new places to walk, like, new, like, things to walk to. And the other day I found, like, a, a brand new thing to walk to, which is a black goat, a black horned goat tied to a tree. What? <laughs> like, I just, like, walked in the opposite direction. That's crazy. Um, where there's actually another church that's, like, never open. And then I passed it. <laughs> and then there yeah. was a black goat tied to a tree that was really beautiful, which is, like, also, like, Baphomet, which is, like, apparently oh. a symbol of balance with satanism okay yeah but uh, a lot of people perceive it as like a demonic entity uh-huh and i just thought it was funny that like i don't know my sort of like christian questioning era sort of like ended <laughs> i saw this like goat and then afterwards i was way more serious about like researching stuff and thinking about what it really was and like why i knew it wasn't right but like mm-hmm. what i can kind of take from this like god urge <clears throat> yeah and i've come to the inclusion conclusion that like we don't need Christianity, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think it's the worst religion, and I think out of all of the religions you hear about, like, that's the number one where, like, kids come out of it being like, I need to recover, like, I'm in recovery yeah. from Christianity, like, yeah. I'm, because, and, and then I was looking into it, and I just, like, I always thought that, like, religions were just sort of, like, equally problematic, yeah. and my first search was looking into Jesus because I realized um, I just realized I never looked into the story of Jesus and of course from my perspective I thought that like the whole Jesus on the cross thing was really like a deliberate iconic moment where I kind of like assumed he put himself on the cross like I assumed you know what I mean like I thought it was this crazy like right. sacrifice and like it was so meaningful and then when I looked into it you know, it's, like, the story even Christians tell, which is, like, littered with, like, a bunch of, like, added mysticism. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to the fact that he was, like, probably just a wonderful, loving, spiritual teacher who was channeling God. And that's amazing. Um, but he was just kind of killed by the Romans in a way that everyone was killed at the time, which is being nailed to a cross and, like, dying a terrible slow death Pilate. in front of the whole town. 
to yeah. like control people, right? Yeah. And you know, he's on the cross next to like um you know, like a thief and like a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. an adulterer or whatever. <laughs> and like it's just not that epic and I was like that's kind of all I needed to hear because I was like how many people have I even just witnessed like I would consider Ram Dass someone who channels God and like mm-hmm. he's so lucky to be alive in a time where they're not going to like crucify him, but I was like to me, Jesus is just, like, Ram Dass, but, like, back then, and mm-hmm. also had his story turned into something probably just, like, more exaggerated and insane than it actually was, and I don't know, for me, that just, like, killed everything. <laughs> like, I was just, like, yeah. why are we worshiping a guy who's a human man? It's, like, how you and I had that conversation where we were, like, how are you the prophet? How are you chosen if you're human? How are you God if you're human? Mm-hmm. I believe humans, I think all humans can channel God and be voices of love with effort and devotion and all that but like or even just casually you know like music (laughs) but I don't know that just killed it for me and then I looked into it and I started looking into Judaism and I was Mm -hmm. like and the first thing I noticed about it was they don't recognize Jesus as the prophet right they were like we believe yeah (laughs) they're like we believe that he was a wonderful respectable man that was had the word of God on his tongue (laughs) but how could he be the prophet if he didn't complete the mission, which is like, you know, saving the world and actually saving people from sin and getting yeah. sin out of the world. All You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, rational as hell. Mm-hmm. So I got really obsessed with Judaism and looking into it. And I was like, what a gorgeous religion. What a gorgeous culture that, you know, at its base level is really just about family and celebration and tradition and actually loving God not fearing God they Mm -hmm. don't believe in hell they're um they do have sins but they don't rule with sin Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they believe even that sometimes it's necessary to sin to raise your vibration or like raise your level Mm -hmm. like they're just like very it's just so rational to me (laughs) you know and they're like Uh, you know no human's perfect sinning is part of life and you know just the point of this religion is just to help you like do better but we're not going to like condemn you there's we don't have hell here things like that Mm -hmm. um and they are okay with abortion which was a big one for me and actually this happened this week where a synagogue in florida is suing florida because you know under the clause of like the right to religious whatever and so it's like against their belief that uh like it's in their ancient writing that the fetus is an addition to the mother like as long Mm -hmm. as it's in the body like it is and the mother is um takes precedence over the baby yeah yeah (laughs) like an unborn child is like not as you know regarded as a living mother (laughs) which is like yeah duh guys but they believe that they believe that and you know they're suing the florida abortion ban or whatnot and I was like these people are so genuine (laughs) yeah you know and I'm like so why are people who are craving religion what why Christianity because there's a church everywhere like Mm -hmm. you know well so I have a couple things (laughs) to say to that first of all like yes just blanket yes um but that's what exactly what I was feeling last week and I was sort of trying to like Uh, fully express it is I just feel like Christianity is such a contorted religion 
that it's so mm. it boggles my mind that this would be like the new wave <laughs> um mm-hmm. and because it really is like the original institution that made a, that made a lot of people think they were entitled to do things that it doesn't make any sense that someone should be entitled to do right mm. um and i i find it interesting that you know why is Christianity, I'm going to say Christianity is like an umbrella for all the different Christianity things that there are, but why is, why is it that? Like, why not, why wouldn't, why didn't that happen to Judaism? Like, why didn't that happen to Islam or anything? I don't know, but I actually was thinking about it more and more. And part of it is there's the, um, a big tenant in Christianity is to uh, evangelize and to bring the religion to other people because the idea is you want to save everyone and everyone wants to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. You want everyone to go to heaven with you. Um, Mm. And so that's why you got, like, the conquests and people going in and, like, converting everyone, you know, by uh, threatening their lives. And this has been going on for... It's it's Well, it's it's a fear. It's Um, fear-based. And... With Judaism, um, because a couple months ago, <laughs> I so my mom is was raised Jewish, um, and I have like a, a large portion of my family that is Jewish. A lot of my, you know, ancestors uh, were killed in the Holocaust, and I've always um, kept what I thought was kosher, which is just like I don't eat pork. And only recently did I realize that that's not like full kosher. But I finally had this moment where I thought, like, look, I'm almost 30. I've been doing this sort of root thing for a long time. And I need to decide. I now need to make an intention for, like, why I don't eat pork. It just can't be, like, sorry, I don't eat pork. Like, never have. You know, like, (laughs) I have to really, like, make this um, intentional practice or just give it up. And so I I thought to myself, I was like, no, I've been doing this this whole time because it was something that my, my... you know, I'm gonna. She's my Jewish mom. Like brought into my life, it was a Jewish custom that she thought she wanted to carry on, and I. So I thought like that's really where it came from, and I'm gonna keep doing this as like um, honoring my Jewish ancestors because I don't have any other way to feel connected to them, and it felt mm-hmm. really powerful to like decide that and make that choice, which is so funny that I I never really felt the need to, but I, I kind of putting it and putting it in that framework has made it feel more powerful than just like, sorry, I don't eat pork. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, sorry, no bacon, you know? Yeah. Um, and so then after that, I sort of thought about how, um, I love, I love knowing that I'm, that I have Jewish blood, but I don't know very much about it. And so then I, I sort of from there have like lear- learned about it more and more, but slowly. And then I had this moment where I was researching, I literally Google like, <laughs> 10 books to learn about Jewish Jewishness or like Judaism like I just mm-hmm. like googled and one of them was called um, Here All Along and it's by this person Sarah Hurwitz and I thought oh that's that looks good that looks like approachable and then I was out um we had people over for dinner a couple weeks later and this um couple who the the guy is Jewish and his um his wife is not um she was like yeah I'm, I'm really into like Judaism recently and like we actually practice um Sabbath together and we like I just find like the idea of everyone everything being a conversation really intriguing and um and she said I actually read this book called Here All Along by Sarah Hurwitz and I like was (laughs) I freaked out I was like are you kidding me Mm. like that's the book that I was gonna rent and I need to read it and that's so crazy 
And so I started listening to it on the plane as an audiobook. And this was famously the plane flight that I, like, COVID hit. So I passed out to this woman <laughs> being like, you know, talking about like the facts and figures of everyone in the Jewish uh, religion. And I never really got back to it because, you know, COVID knocked me out and I just didn't feel like ready. But then when you were like getting back into it, the, the Judaism of it all, I thought like, okay, I really need to get back into this book because it obviously presented itself mm -hmm. and then it came back around and I need to just do it. So I actually yesterday drove down to the central library so I could get a copy because I also realized listening to the audiobook Amazing. wasn't hitting and I needed to hold it. And it's really interesting. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really exciting way to like ground myself a little bit more. I also started doing like a, uh, like a self-made version Sabbath and, and then I stopped and I just think like, I just needed to commit myself to doing it a little more because there is something that I love about the thing, the thing that I miss about going to church is just like communion and like being mm -hmm. with the ritual and like singing the songs and knowing what's next and knowing that you're committed to an experience and, um, and Judaism has so much ritual. It's like so, it's so sick. <laughs> it's all about ritual and it, it gives, yeah. it's just like, like I was thinking about like Shabbat and you and I remember, I actually gave, okay, so we should give background about our like, this like Jewish thing because, so James has always had a, so you automatically are Jewish because your mother's Jewish. That's how mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Um, that's like, so they have two things where it's like you're either Jewish if your mother is, but it, for some reason not if your dad is, like, and your mom isn't. But if your mom is, um, then you're automatically Jewish. Like, you're just in in the Jew world. <laughs> and then uh, the other option is if you convert, like, to the religion and it, it takes about a year to kind of, like, read and, like, read the Torah, commune with the rabbi, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and being Jewish is just such a thing. <laughs> And so James and I have had this running joke about our Junus. James's Junus is obvious, and mine is sort of word of mouth with my dad's side, who has a lot of evidence in their surnames and immigration mm -hmm. that they were Jewish in their homeland before Brazil. Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of patterns of, I have definitely like Arabic great-grandparents from Lebanon um, who apparently were Jewish, and then there's mm -hmm. great-grandparents from Portugal who had their last names changed into what is on record as exiled Jews <laughs> who were forced mm -hmm. to be in Portugal and get new last names to, like, get rid of their Jewish identity. Yeah. Um, but that's not confirmed, right? But I have this thing where it's like, what if I'm Jewish? And then James, like, is technically Jewish, but is, like, you know, we're both sort of like, are we Jewish? <laughs> and then... So <laughs> So I sent you on your birthday, I sent you like Shabbat candles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Which I love and I use them around the house all the time. They're cute, right? They're like chubby and short. Yeah. Also, <laughs> right? did I tell they're you like it's my mom form. had also given me the same ones. <laughs> really? Like that just, the, yeah. yeah, they're from, that's funny. Yeah. They sell them at Gelson's. I wonder if she, if they're available everywhere. Because Gelson's yeah. I think is like Jewish owned, isn't it? I always I would, that I don't know. I'm not sure. If, yeah. Let me check. <laughs> okay. I always thought Gelson's was like a Jewish place. Yeah, Gelson's like Gelson's is sort of a Jewish. fancy market in in LA. Yes, it is. It's so I knew it. <laughs> amazing. Gelson's oh my has God, amazing. humble yet idealistic roots. Jake and Lena Gelson were a Jewish couple who escaped Russia to the US in nineteen oh seven. Wow. Ugh. 
But Jews are, like, epic. Um, wow. I just, okay. <laughs> so, like, as we were saying, right? Guilt, what? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think my, I think just my grandma, my grandma loved. I want to hear more about the, I want to hear more about your history, and then I want to remember this other thing that I was going to talk about with, like, the Jewish principles. But, yeah, so finish, finish your, like, uh, history. My Jewish vibe. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that's just, yeah. so that's just word of mouth, <laughs> honestly, and then just clues, and I'm trying to research it further. I don't know how to freaking get started, but I'm sure there's records somewhere. I'm just understanding the path yeah. of my lineage. So far, it's like I literally like my great grandparents' names were like Abdullah Jabur, and like, which is funny because I never knew only until up to three years ago that I had Arabic roots. But I was always right. um, clocked as like like people have thought I was Lebanese or Persian or Arabic. Um, yeah. And I was always like, oh, I guess I just kind of look like that. But I literally am. It's crazy. So wild. <laughs> but then the Portuguese thing is that there's so many Jews in Brazil because there was a very big thing that happened in 1492 where Spain, it was called, that's where Sephardic Jews come from, which are Latin or like Latino Jews, which are people who were exiled from Spain, Mm -hmm. sent to Portugal and probably some other places, got their last names changed, switched over. So that's the concept, but it's all word of mouth. Um, The other thing, my grandma always loved Jews and my grandma's Austrian, (laughs) the other grandma Mm -hmm. on my mom's side. and yeah. she that's how I knew Gelson's was Jewish because she loved Gelson's <laughs> like she patronized <laughs> Gelson's <laughs> but here's the thing is she grew up in Austria which is where Hitler's from yeah during Hitler's yeah. time and yeah. she hated Hitler she was 18 years old she would always say yeah we, we were forced to watch him speak in school and we had to do the hail she was like I never did the hail and when she was 18 she hit a Jewish man in her basement successfully and he made it to New York. And I regret so much. Like, Incredible. I would hear that story and be like, that's so cool, Grandma, because I was, like, a teenager. Mm-hmm. But I wish I got, like, his yeah. name. Like, imagine if I could, like, find him and be, like, you know, I like, it makes me I emotional. Know. But, like, if I could find him and be, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, you know. for real. For real. <laughs> My grandma, like, loved you. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So she was always, like, very anti-Hitler and just had so much, like, love for the Jewish people. And uh, even in L.A., just, yeah, was, like, paid attention to, like, Jewish-owned places. Um, yeah. But that's it. And I just always respected the Jews, always loved the Jews. <laughs> um, I just mm-hmm. never looked into Jude- Judaism, you know, other than going to many bar mitzvahs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's Yeah, and it. it's it's funny because my, like, experience with bar mitzvahs was, like, so limited. And I, because I just was so deeply and cool that I only got invited to, like, two bar mitzvahs. And I didn't go to one of them because I had a literal nervous breakdown in middle school which is like honey are you okay um (laughs) can you believe that um but the other ones I went to were my cousins uh bat mitzvahs and my cousins Mm. um I have cousins that are orthodox Jewish and so these bat mitzvahs were like real deal like you go in you have to sit on different sides of the synagogue from your you know the men and women are separated you have to wear a something over your head that they give you at the the door if you don't have one to cover your hair and like um you sit there and it's just very 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 long (laughs) lots and lots and lots of you know things happen I had no idea what was going on my grandmother took me (laughs) who's my mom's mom and and then you know you go to the after party and it, you know instead of it being this wild thing where everyone's like making out and trying to get like shirts with spray paint on them like every child is like sitting at the table and like you know listening to their elders and everyone makes speeches and it's very formal and it's it's very um there's a lot of gravity anyway so i just like i had this impression of 
um, basically Judaism in general being this serious, serious thing because Orthodox Jewish like traditions are hardcore. It's it's mm-hmm. really, really something, and um, and I respect it a lot. But it's a huge life choice. Like everything in your life changes mm-hmm. when you make that decision. Um, but oh, so basically the thing I was going to say about you know why is why is Judaism not the like hot new religion and Christianity is <laughs> is part of it is um, Jews don't proselytize like that's the whole thing is it's a it's it not in their religion to try to convert people to Catholicism or mm-hmm. I mean to Judaism like it's not it's not mm-hmm. part of their deal whereas uh, Christianity it's the exact opposite and so it does make sense why mm. you know people would just easily slip into. Um, Christianity in some form if they're looking for a connection to a higher power. And I think that's really interesting because it also makes Judaism in many ways um, feel super mysterious and it is... um, Sorry, pause on my end again. Here, I'm going to pee really quick. Okay, yeah. (laughs) You're good. I'll do that too. Okay, we're back. So I really like that point. That's really solid. Um, Yeah, Jews aren't out here convincing you yeah you know they're just out here living great lives (laughs) yeah and also the um the torah which is like their main their main book um is super mysterious and very like it's left open a lot is left open to interpretation which is like sort of what i've been reading about and um things are sort of written about in like a really sort of simplified way so that there is a lot of room for interpretation and two things make that so interesting and really beautiful um, mm. is like Judaism is it, it's like an evolving thing to this day. It's everything is Absolutely. part of like a conversation that that continues on and everything is modified. But but, um, you know, Christianity isn't. And if anything, the ways that it's modified, it, again, it's used for often a distortion of power and like being able to wield wield fear um like i was actually listening to this public radio thing and they were talking about how abortion wasn't actually um something that christians were really against for a long time but then this one guy who um ended up being like a eugenicist started really talking about how women shouldn't be getting abortions and made it this shameful thing in the name of christianity in the name of like Mm -hmm. god and all this stuff and like that's so crazy and chilling that the religion was able to bend and get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like something else I was weak. thinking about with <laughs> it's weak, yeah. And with the and it's also just like it just also feels like there's a big part of um, Christianity that has never really respected women, and it's not um, yes. You know, they're very one-dimensional characters. And in this Mm -hmm. book that I'm reading, she, like, sort of summarizes the Torah. And she talks about how, like, women weren't, like, the main characters, but they were never one-dimensional. And often they were the ones that, you know, saved the day in some sort. And they, they, they were as complex as the men. Yes. And that's really important and has, like, influenced the entire religion, um... And then the one other thing I'll say is something that's so interesting is the the Christian narrative, there's always had to have to be a narrative. And you were sort of touching on this at the beginning, which I think is so smart, is this idea where, like, Jesus was nailed to the cross and he died. Like, he, he was a, 
a prophet in his own right, I think, mm-hmm. as people have been before him and have been after. But he didn't save the world, and we're not all, you know, we, we didn't all, like, transcend at, no. when he was on Earth, right? <laughs> no. um, he, but then basically, like, the Bible, the, the Christian Bible, like, goes on to be like, well, then three days later, he rose from the dead. And he lives on in perpetuity in heaven, right? Like the resurrection narrative is so big for Mm -hmm. Christians because there isn't like evidence on earth that, you know, Jesus came along and then we all like got way better, right? Not at all. (laughs) Like to me when I was reading, like when when it hit, I was like, this is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is so fake. (laughs) Just some fake show. And it's like, the narrative makes it, you know, literally the son of God, the the kingdom of heaven, the fucking, I don't know what else. It's just like the savior, this, it, it puts a lot of pressure on one person, <laughs> number one. But number two, it's, it's unrealistic. And it, with the, um, the Torah, there's basically like, it all centers around this group of people called the Israelites. And they were people that were thrown out of Egypt. And <clears throat> so they were the underdogs from the beginning. And the person who leads them, Moses, is, like, super complex, often doubts himself, <laughs> has to get a PR guy that ends up being his brother because he doesn't feel confident that even though God has tapped him on the shoulder, like, he doesn't feel confident that he can lead. And um, I think that there's something so beautiful and, <laughs> and relatable and real um, about, about that because the truth is, like, if someone is on earth, they are flawed. The end. The end. Yeah, obvious. Um, right? Obvious. And that includes Jesus. <laughs> Jesus yeah. too. I just absolutely. Yeah. It's just so. <laughs> it's just so lame. <laughs> like I just like I don't yeah. know. Like it reminds me of like a little bragging kid or something. That's the vibe I'm getting. But Jesus, yeah, big respect <laughs> to Jesus, and that's what Judaism says. They're like big respect to Jesus, wonderful guy, but like he's not our savior, and that's been the biggest battle between Christians and Jews, and right. giving them the reason to hate them because they don't think that he's recognizing their prophet. And it's just like, dude, they're yeah. literally doing the right thing since the beginning. Also, Judaism and Hinduism. Yeah. Hinduism is the oldest religion on record, apparently, and they share a mm. lot of similarities. The pro- predominant one being obviously not recognizing Jesus as a prophet. But both <laughs> seeing that every single person's relationship with God is personal and that God is, like, yeah. worthy of just, like, your love and, like, care. Like, it's just, like, a very beautiful reminder to almost, like, love life. You know what I mean? And life yes. being God, yeah. essentially. And both Hinduism and Judaism say this. I just didn't know. I didn't know Judaism was so, like, open and beautiful. Um yeah. Maybe because of anti-Semitism, dude. Like, <laughs> maybe totally. the Christian agenda, right? Which yeah, makes sense. Um, well, there's also the aspect of it, too, where it's like, again, Christianity, we all know what the Christians sort of basically think because mm-hmm. they're always telling us, whereas <laughs> Judaism isn't trying to, like, always be like, yo, you want to be Jewish? You want to be Jewish? So there's yeah. less, there is, like less knowledge inherently because they're they don't feel the need to like throw it around also the allure like i think religions that aren't constantly pimping themselves out which is like pretty much none Mm -hmm. (laughs) other than christianity it's like (laughs) 
that's how spirituality should be because nobody should join yeah. a religion for any other reason but their own discovery of it and the fact that like yeah i didn't know much about judaism or like i didn't have a parent to like introduce me to it that's almost more genuine for it to like if it was to come into my life and like in some natural unique way like i meet like someone who i find really inspiring who's jewish or I do my own research it's like that's a very genuine process to commit yourself to something that can really like take over your life and change your life for good or bad right mm-hmm. and christianity it's like mm-hmm. if you are coercively being you know yeah coerced you know maybe you're at a low point in your life or you know they try to get a lot of people they convert christians a lot in um in 12-step programs right they're really intertwined. yeah and I think that can be very powerful and helpful for people, but also, like, it is kind of sketchy that someone's coming for you at a weak point and saying, this is the thing that's going to help yeah. you, right? So it's, like, is that a genuine, like, mm-hmm. high vibrational, like, loving devotion? Or is it just kind of, you know, an institution that, in a cultish kind of vibe? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's very interesting. <laughs> it's, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um really fantastic yeah. and also like <laughs> the um the thing that i sort of touched on this in the other uh our other pod but this idea that like when in in christianity you believe that you are never going to be one with god like you're a, a creature mm-hmm. of god and god rules over you but it's like there's never a a oneness and that is really difficult for me um and we talked about that in, in detail in the other podcast. But um, this thing that I was reading, there's um, three, this, uh, basically she references a lot of different rabbis. And um, because again, like rabbis are often interpreting the Torah and like creating new ways for us to understand it. So um, it's this passage is really nice. It says, drawing on an a- ancient Jewish teaching, Rabbi Yitz Greenberg argues that this idea that this idea is shorthand for three fundamental truths which he deems the three inalienable dignities number one we are each of infinite worth no one is expendable and we cannot quantify the value of any human life Hmm. number two we are all fundamentally equal no human being is any more important than any other human being and number three we are we are each totally unique. There is no one else like us, and no one is interchangeable with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Which is like, damn. I say that all the time. Damn, it's really like my number yeah. one observation in life is like, we're all so different, and how do we, how do we honor that? You know. But that's the thing with Judaism. Yeah. The more I read about it, the more I'm like, this is exactly stuff that I've gathered from just observing reality without adding all of this. Like whenever I'm in my most, I think like observational, like non-narrative chill states it's like the stuff that they've the the Mm -hmm. stuff that they've come to I'm like yeah that's how I feel when I'm like totally chilled out (laughs) and like in Mm -hmm. a truth and like it's so inspiring (laughs) um yeah yeah also you were saying like which is such tea about the conversion thing um is that for so long uh, Jewish people was actually very much against the law to uh, like so many anti-Jewish laws didn't allow them to convert people or even like talk about it publicly you know mm-hmm. so like historically yeah. it just never <laughs> had a chance but I also think I don't know I think it's great that they don't go out trying to convert <laughs> you know yeah I think I think it's really 
it's really special and also the um this one of the principles that really stuck out to me is like even if you don't necessarily believe in judaism like but you you're of jewish descent like reading and learning about judaism is learning about the story of your family which is like yeah damn like that's powerful because it just it, it goes back to generational stuff it's not just like you better like do this so that you get into heaven later and Mm -hmm. like because you're a sinner like it's like you're learning about your family you're learning about the people that came before you and and this idea too is um if you are if you um are of jewish descent or even if you convert to judaism like the idea is all um all these souls were present at mount sinai when when god came down um to create this covenant with the israelites and moses Mm. and that's like so powerful and again just like it this this energy weaves through generations yeah absolutely Um, i was thinking that also might be a reason why you don't hear so many people like converting to judaism is like there is like you they welcome converts like they're that's Mm -hmm. you know but i think a lot of people are in the impression that like because being jewish is also kind of considered like an ethnicity and like a culture and yeah, maybe yeah. some people feel like they're not allowed or like <laughs> you know they feel like imposters yeah 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 um, because it's such a strong like lineage um totally i think everyone's jewish <laughs> you know everyone who's from <laughs> anyone anyone who's like originated anywhere like around that area like you know mediterranean right. like, european because if it's the oldest if judaism and hinduism are the oldest religions it's like yeah. I don't know, you know, like, everyone, if you're, like, have Eastern lineage, you know, <laughs> you're yeah, Hindu, yeah. someone was Hindu, <laughs> and then if you were, I don't know. Um, also, it's, like, it's hard because, at least with my experience, like, my, the side of my family that has Jewish lineage is so sort of, um, like, where we all come from is so shrouded in mystery and, like, just very... I talked to my grandmother about it once and she, the thing that I thought that I was like, she didn't, she doesn't agree with. Mm. And I, (laughs) you know, and so it's this funny thing where it's like, well, I absolutely know that it's true, but I also don't have that. It's similar to you where it's like, you're sort of just piecing together these things and being like, well, what does this mean? And also, you know, when people come to the U S you know, the Ellis Island thing where people would change their names and, and then that becomes even harder to track down. Like my, mom's middle name is is Greenleaf but the family that she's named after when they came to the U.S. it was it was something like Grutenblatt and they changed it to Greenleaf when they came here that's so, so pretty. It's like, <laughs> yeah yeah mm. it's, it's very wild trivia. it's really wild ah. also this other thing is like this idea of the covenant that was um made on Mount Sinai it's this idea of like a covenant is something that two people two parties are engaging in willfully and it's um it's it's not just like a a decree or something that you're forced into which again like historically christianity was something that like people you know is a conquest and people went over and in the name of bringing people to heaven but at the end of the day they just walked away with a bunch of riches and took people's land and it's like Mm. that's so gnarly (laughs) that alone is like gnarly like by signing up for christianity like you automatically are sort of 
willfully taking on this this thing I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it's just like I wouldn't be able to do that yeah it's like it's such a like I don't know like I I feel like it was such a casual background thing but it's just the more I look into it the more I'm like this is a bad thing (laughs) you know like everyone was Mm -hmm. right like there was signals there's always these little signals that it's true you know I mean it's like the homophobic stuff like you know the abortion stuff like these these little red flags and you're like well you know but maybe they have other things going for them and it's just like well why does no no kid really seems to come out of christianity happy like Mm -hmm. and oh it's just like the thing like what you're saying like just these things that like they just become part of your life also i got this message like going back to sort of how christianity like hates women um (laughs) like uh, I got a couple messages about it and two things really stuck out to me. One was that in Christianity, Eve is blamed for eating the apple, like Adam and yeah. Eve, like in the Garden of Eden. And in Judaism, they're both like equally kind of held responsible. Mm, wow, that's huge. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, thanks. <laughs> and then <laughs> the other thing, um, I started following this person, I don't know how to pronounce it, like Mermag, but M Y. R-R-H mag. Isn't it just myrrh, like the scent? Myrrh, yeah. Frankincense and myrrh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just myrrh mag. I started following this person as well as, like, Jew witches on Instagram mm-hmm. to, like, look into, like, Jewish mysticism. And something so beautiful that I couldn't believe that Judaism has is the Shekinah, mm-hmm. which is the feminine divine, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, like, it's a term to describe a part of, like, the creator and source which is most nearest to and observable by mankind. And this is directly from this person's post. And -hmm. it's always um, referred to as a she. And -hmm. not only is it often referred to as a she, but it it is also um, presented with symbols that are ever-changing. So it could Mm -hmm. be like a rose that has different colors. a uh about the the moon they speak of the moon which is always changing or the Mm. tides and so like this is literally like such a spiritual thing that people talk about with the divine feminine and you know the shekinah (laughs) already exists um but it's just about how it's like this very honest depiction of how we witness source in nature and in life and it's always maintained with like her instability her continuous fluctuation and but also in a way to bring light to like that is how life is and it's and you can be in alignment and you will feel closer to god in alignment you know but Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying like it's just such a beautiful metaphor um right 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 right, right. and this is on this person's page which everyone should look at but it's just like all of these things that come up in the religion i'm like these are things that like we all want (laughs) (laughs) yeah we all like um pretty crazy it is crazy it's so crazy so now Um, we are uh officially announcing our uh transition into being a jewish (laughs) podcast (laughs) can you dude i literally looked at the timer and it was two 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 oh i'm at 101 (laughs) (laughs) um i'm at 1803 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i do think I don't know, I just feel very, like, it just was really refreshing and really, I don't know, it just felt great to read about all this, you know, and can't you see you and me, like, in (laughs) hosting a Shabbat? (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's the thing, I want to talk about Shabbat, which I love, (laughs) and I'm thinking about, like, I guess, um, 
so Shabbat, and I've always heard about it. I've always had friends that were like, Shabbat, like, Shabbat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't really, especially, I was always around, like, um, I wonder if, do Persian people or Iranians, like, do they have, like, a different, because they share a lot of customs, they have bar mitzvahs. Well, there's a lot of Persian different? Jews. I think, I think, um, yeah. we, you and I grew up with a lot of Persian Jews, which was, yeah, yeah definitely. very predominant, yeah. And as I've said before, I always was always riding with the Persian Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Great, fun people. Um, we stand. But, One of my only friends, yeah. only friends in middle school was Persian <laughs> Jew. And uh, she went to Amazing. a fully Jewish high school. And she was like, literally, I was like, how's high school? And she was like, we have so many days off because there's so many holidays I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, also just to put on record, like, growing up they always called themselves persians and then oh, yes, for yes, some yes. reason when in woke era they were like that's actually not good but no persians were saying that to me it was just like white people were saying like actually you should say like iranian right um right. yeah so that's i don't really know what to say because when because when uh when persians mom moms come up to me and say are you persian <laughs> like you know right. they're speaking about themselves so i almost want to say persian but who knows it could shift but it's kind of like the latinx thing which is like okay the educated white people have chosen this <laughs> yeah is it is it the thing that everyone wants right right we'll find right, out right. eventually but just so you guys know it's in the middle somewhere um but what was i saying oh yeah what was i saying about that i don't know oh, shabbat. actually yeah yeah. Oh, yeah so i was always yeah. hearing about persians <laughs> having shabbat and like they were always so close and here's another you know i also have another story that i would remember to tell that is a story about witnessing anti-Semitism in real life that was completely misguided. Mm-hmm. But um, Shabbat is something that um, I want to start, like, lightly practicing it as I, like, understand Judaism more. But on Fridays from sunset to yeah. uh, the following Saturday um, night, you're just meant to fully, like, relax and, like, honor God because their belief is that um, God worked for six days and then rested on the seventh. Mm -hmm. So just, you're just at the end of your week. You're just, like, told to, like, literally, like, relax intentionally. And there's a couple rituals that go into it, which is, like, a prayer, blessing, lighting the Shabbat candles. But it really is just an opportunity to gather with family and feel completely validated in that you know what i mean and i think that's so special because all of us crave rest and people struggle so much with rest um and you see that all the time online with these like mental health things you know it's like right uh, how do you feel worthy of rest and like you're worthy of rest and it's like this religion literally says hey like every friday and saturday like either you know gather with your family be leisurely like in the name of god and it's like well there's that's such a beautiful message And I have a friend who I was talking about Judaism in my story who's, like, very Jewish, just had a Jewish wedding, and she messaged me and was talking about Shabbat, and she was like, yeah, I love Shabbat so much. She was like, because every week you're reminded that you have a support system. Mm -hmm. And she was like, every week you go and you eat and you see your family, and she was like, you just, you know, and that's, it's so funny because I think Christians are so, they act like they have such strong families, like, they're like, we care about family and the family unit, and it's like, well, then why are your kids so, like, you know, traumatized, you know? And yeah. then you have the Jews being like, oh, I felt so supported in my life. I felt so tied to my ancestry. It's like, that's true family, you know? Like, um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's very interesting. But Shabbat's amazing. Um, but that just from thinking about, like, Westwood and, like, um, Persian Jews was 
Westwood was full of um, Jewish businesses that were like really successful mm-hmm. and highly patronized. And it's obviously because the Jewish community, especially like in that area, was just so literally what everyone wants from community is like they supported each other. And I think things like Shabbat, if you see people every week or like host people every week, it's like that's community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember I had um, my first boyfriend had this brother who was like just kind of like one of the worst people (laughs) I've ever met. And he was like an ex MMA fighter. And he had just recently become super Christian. He had a kid. Mm -hmm. But he was just not a good him, guy, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? He had a kid, and, like, he wasn't really good to his wife, and they were, like, I don't know, just a, not a good scene. And he was so anti-Semitic, and he would get really upset. And to him, obviously, he didn't think he was being anti-Semitic. He thought he was being, like, a conspiracy theorist. But he yeah. thought that, like, the Jews had some, like, secret coalition of, like, world domination, and, like, um, he would right. always reference this ice cream place in Westwood that was always had a line. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't get it. Like, they're not even, like, that great. And, like, they don't do any advertising. Like, how do they have all of it? Like, what are they doing over there? And it was just this, like, jealousy for, like, their community. And I literally was like, it's so obvious. They meet every week. They actually yeah. love each other. <laughs> you know, not, like, yeah, yeah. the false, like, Christian fear individualism. They actually love each other, and so when they think, oh, let's go out for ice cream, they pick the Jewish place. (laughs) You know what I mean? Totally, So he was always, he found out that they had Jewish owners, and then he just had this whole thing, and he was very, like, anti-Semitic. And I was like, everything that he said, I was like, you're literally, like, hating on people who are living right. You know what I mean? Like, they patronize each other's businesses. Like, it's really interesting. (laughs) And that's, you know, they've been prosecuted like crazy. The other thing, too, is, like, I really respect... Uh, Judaism is like like Passover for example is like the celebration of um, exiting slavery by the Egyptians Mm -hmm. and it's their celebration of that ending and I think some other stuff happened um, that was worthy of celebration after that but like it's basically like just an honoring of that time and I'm just like so many of these Jewish customs kind of are aligned with like them overcoming adversity and like prosecution which is really something, you know, to sort of well, also know, the celebrate um, your wins. <laughs> the whole thing is like, again, the like people, the quote unquote chosen people were the Israelites that were um, exiled from Egypt. And mm-hmm. the idea is sort of always comes back to like, you should treat other people really, really well because you know what it like, what it's like to be, um, treated poorly not like you know mm. you were treated poorly so you can do that to other people it's this idea of like we know what what it's like and we're not going to do that to other mm. people because we know how shitty it is and I think that's so beautiful and uh, and also this idea that like you know God chose to create a covenant with this people who were complete like underdogs complete like literally like thrown out of of their home and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, over time and time again, people have come after Jews and it's just, this this idea of literally keep going is so beautiful <laughs> and uh, inspiring. Yeah, totally. And, and the way that they that. do that is by, like, creating community and sticking together and holding each other up. Yeah, 100,000%. It's really special. But you saying, like, oh... 
they sort of speak of like, oh, the previous prosecution is a reason to be good to other people. It's like Christianity is like be good to other people so you don't go to hell, you know? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is like not genuine. <laughs> yeah. Not as genuine as being like, no, you know. <laughs> also, there's kind of just like a, a groundedness to the Jewish philosophy in general. And the thing with Christianity is it's speaking in these like um, unimaginable scenarios, right? Like, don't sin so that you don't go to hell or like be good so you go to heaven there's no way to really Mm -hmm. perceive that and so then it becomes this existential um either terror or desire to be perfect whereas like the jewish philosophy is we we're descendants of people who were um mistreated and we're going to live our lives in a way that doesn't do that to anyone else like that's so concrete Mm -hmm. and easy and like makes sense and doesn't you know put you in this like crazy fight or flight thing it's just like mm-hmm. this happened and now we're doing this the end mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like very 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 nice yeah um yeah yeah feeling it sorry you and i gonna like hit up the synagogue can you I'm see us being like 40 and like being devout jews <laughs> i my thing is i'll never fully assign myself to one single religion because I still don't believe that's my truth at this time but Mm. I can definitely see myself like going to services to experience that community but I still think like at the end of the day the Tao that can be defined is not the true Tao and that's like my my ride or die Mm -hmm. and that's yeah no that's nice to hear out loud because that's my question now is like is there value because I know that there is value in but, like, yeah, the Tao that can't be defined. Because there is value. But that's the thing is I feel like Judaism almost kind of speaks to that. You know, it's like it is. It almost feels like they're, like, come and devote. But, like, you can choose how far you take it. But then again, you're. Totally. I don't know. Totally. But Buddhism know. does that, too. Like, uh, Zen Buddhism does that really well. It's like there's mm-hmm. there's different. I also have come from a specific place where I've seen my mom. I was really fortunate to witness this, like, go through so many different. Um, religions and fully devote herself to these religions or philosophies or spiritual Mm. practices and see how they all pan out and that's like I at the end of the day like the best thing that she's done for herself is figure out how to combine the different forms of divine that serves her and like Mm-hmm. I, I just I know that that's my truth like I know that that's the truth that I'm gonna continue yeah, you to live by your mom I, and that truly like to true. the extreme of like not just her being like I read this book on like Catholicism or I read this book you know by Yogananda it was like no she's going to the three hour meditations yeah. at Yogananda's thing Converted. she's doing the every single day rosary at the Catholic church like I just saw it all you know and it's like um, yeah. and the cool thing about it is at the at like the thing with all the religions is you're seeking the same thing. Um, you're seeking the same feeling and the feeling can be felt just from being with the self. And if you need like an, a manual to get you there, like that's really cool. But I do like, again, like I'm super down to like engage with that, with the Jewish practice in some way, but I'll never Mm. fully like lean into one religion just because I don't, I don't think that's like what I'm, what I'm here to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I still don't know. A part of me feels like because I've just never been devoted to anything entirely, except I did have a, a bout with, like, witchcraft for a second. But mm. I feel like, and even witchcraft, the conclusion was, like, 
this is the best when I do mm-hmm. it my own way. Like, I literally mm-hmm. end up end up writing the Spells and Rituals Guide to be like, you know, it's actually really weird <laughs> when you follow <laughs> everyone else, you know? Like, yeah. so there is that aspect. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder where it'll come because it's like there is so much value in having hands-on experiences and I think that adds so much meaning like just to like walk in awareness of like all these things and like see how it shows up for you I think that's yeah brings like a super colorful life you know what I mean totally yeah and also I think Judaism is great if you have a family (laughs) oh I know you know what I mean yeah like I'm thinking if I were to have like kids like maybe I would be more inclined yeah you know, because what a great thing to do for your kids. <laughs> totally. But um, otherwise, you know, it's like you can kind of get the same stuff from your own, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It I mean, good. I think also there's something that's like to be said where obviously like there's just a lot. It's truly such an ancient religion and there's so much to learn that can just be incorporated. Um. I don't know. I do think there's so much and it's exciting to like have this new page where again, for me, it's just for so long felt inaccessible. And again, the family members that I have that are actively practicing Judaism are Orthodox. And so we don't really have like a close relationship because it's such an, you know, all encompassing lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's exciting. I think it's, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm definitely down to like check, check it out in real life. IRL, we can do some uh, reporting lives. Um, yeah, what did we, <laughs> every, there's a segment, like, every week, it's, like, my journey with Judaism. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think at this point, it's, like, yeah, it's just nice to, but I think there are people out there who really love, you know, like, they're get, get you know, like, people, like, we were talking about, like, people want to be Christian all of a sudden, or, like, right. for the aesthetic, but then, like, slowly boil into actually being Christian, and it's, like, if you're going to do that, like, pick something cool, and there's other totally. options, you know? Totally, totally, totally. Like, go yeah. be Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Or something. You should read this book, Gabby. I think you so would dead. like it. This, um, here all along. We can, okay, we can yeah, read it, it together. It's a little bit like, there's some parts of it where she's like, because she was the um, speechwriter for uh, Michelle Obama. And so there are some oh, points whoa. where she's like, where she's like, I was thinking about Mrs. Obama's speech, but then I had to go to like service, you know? And so it's a little, oh, it can fine. be like, you know, but she, but I do love her, her voice. She has a great, like, Mm -hmm. ability to break things down and really make it digestible, which is so helpful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm down. There's so many books I have to read. It's funny because out here, it takes me like two weeks to like receive mail, (laughs) you know, like there's no Amazon Prime, which is normal. Like that's like normal speed, but it's like, I remember in LA, you could like order a book and get it in like a second or even just find it in a store. Right. <laughs> so I have to space out my, my, but yeah, I'll definitely write that down. Yeah, you have to plan it. And get on it. Do you want me to send you that Jesse Klein on. book, like, via mail? I was thinking, actually, I'll probably read it, like, at your house. Oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Totally. It's a quick read. Also, Jesse Klein is also Jewish, so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I, the rumors are true. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to go to a um, a Passover celebration mm-hmm. this next time around. Sounds really yeah, nice. totally. Hit up some um, Shabbats. <laughs> totally. 
Um, oh, I was going to say about Shabbat, someone was like, oh, and like the super Orthodox Jews, like they don't use electricity, right? Which those are the people that you see on Saturdays, right. like walking around like mid-city. <laughs> and I was like, that would actually, if you wanted to yeah. do something close to like, because the thing is, is like, that sounds extreme, but like at the same time, it's like a cleanse from like energy and like electricity, which is like a vibe. And in the, in this day and age, it's like mm-hmm. to be cleansed from like the TV and like the smartphone is so vital, you know. And I'm like, if somebody wanted to like kind of yeah yeah make a ritual of that in line with like the world, <laughs> you know, like Friday night to Saturday night, like totally. stay off your phone. Saturday's a weird day to be on the phone, anyways. I always yeah. feel weird being on my phone on a Saturday because there's no there's no theme. <laughs> right, so maybe, right, 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 right. Saturdays are more in real life vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Whew, okay, well, should we um should we wrap it, it up for this yeah this time? Um I feel like this is very much a part two from the last one. And a, a Yeah, really I also think this will be a expanding conversation. Two. Yeah, because the last one left me kind of sad, you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of like, totally. are these our options? Like, you know, and I think people always mistake our, like, sort of neutral positioning to be like, we like what's going on, <laughs> you know? But I didn't like yeah, it. I just yeah, was, like, absolutely. watching it happen and wondering my place in it. And I think I have a conclusion yeah. now, which is, like, if you want to convert to a religion and get all, like put a necklace on, you know, get that Jewish star, get that rabbi blessing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's good for the world, I think. Not Christianity. Yeah, also it's, like, so much more intense to convert to Judaism. Like, you really have to get in there and, like, learn learn how, how to interpret another language, like Hebrew. Like, I don't know, it's just such a, it's so, it's like, are you for real? Like, try out yeah. try Judaism out <laughs> as all good yeah. things are like oh like becoming a Christian yeah. it's like okay that's like going to the dollar store like <laughs> oh <laughs> the dollar store <laughs> experiences like or do you want to like get a, a, a 10 course meal <laughs> right 10 course <laughs> um well that was good it's it was a nice time <laughs> that was so great we only got one add-in from our sponsors which is too bad um however if you would like to join us on patreon we have one of those now so yeah Um. only one ad today for the pop-up cave don't forget exactly it's huge the next craze i can tell yeah all right well keep going everyone keep going keep going Peace.